Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the spirit of Texas alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is The Beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. We're giving small business owners a platform to share their story. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows. The good and the bad. But most importantly, you'll learn. Welcome to The Beef. The Beef. Oh yeah, man. Another episode of the Beef Podcast coming at you right now. What is it? It is October 7th. October 7th right now as we record, which means one thing, that the Beef Podcast is about to end because we are rebranding. That's what I was telling you was, I'm going to miss it when it's gone, listening to that intro because it is so amazing. But our new intro, I've heard it and it is absolutely stunning. Everyone's going to love it. I can't wait to reveal the name of the podcast, the intro, the outro, all that stuff. But right now, we are still in the season of the Beef Podcast. And the good thing is, nothing's going to change. You're still going to find us right here where you get your podcast. It's still going to be the same type of thing. We're on a nationwide search to tell the origin stories of small businesses just like yours. And when I say yours, I mean the guy sitting next to me here in the studio, Brian Wallace. Brian Wallace with strategy, HR Strategies Now. Mm-hmm. Welcome Correct. to the studio, man. Thank you so much, John. Really it's a pleasure it. to have you. This is the first episode we have recorded in this studio since we purchased it. Because October 7th is the day that Beefy Marketing closed on the office. So we've got it. It's ours 100%. We were just Congratulations. Renting. Yeah. We, we bought a little earlier than we expected. Yeah. We thought we were just going to rent. And uh, we said it's going too good. We got to buy it right now. That's that's wonderful. And for those of you who are listening, if you've had a chance to come by the office, uh, you ought to come by again because the changes around here are constant. And right now they've got the place looking really good. And it's exciting to see what you all are doing. We like to hear it because it does. It changes rapidly. Actually, a friend of ours is in the office right now. And last time she was here, the team room that we currently have was a conference room. And that's where we had Andrew's birthday lunch. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was like, oh my God, this office is so different. And we were like, yeah, we change it pretty much all the time. Like the seasons change. <laughs> well, so. I don't know. Right at the moment, you've got a whole bunch of spider webs and uh, caution tape in your office. So I'm it kind is... of wondering if there's not enough activity in there or, or what's the deal? <laughs> it is spooky season, but my, uh, my entire office, my personal area is covered in cobwebs and all kinds of stuff. So I think the girls were telling me that I'm not here enough uh, which is, you know, because of my full-time job in addition to this one, but it was funny to come in Fantastic. today. My whole monitor was covered. I couldn't see anything on my screen. My chair's covered, still is. And I think I probably brought some cobwebs into the studio here. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> That's fantastic. But we always start out with an icebreaker question. Sure. So we're going to hop into that. And like I said, you know, we, we've had some great conversation as always before the podcast started. So I can't wait to hop into it, but we got to take time and the question today is, how did you spend the money from your very first job? Oh, goodness. My very first job was picking up golf balls on a driving range. And my the way that I spent it was probably putting gas in the car and taking a date out once in a while. Maybe there was some hobby activity in there somewhere. Yeah. So that that's about all I can remember. That was a long <laughs> time ago, buddy. Oh man, I am 34. And I know most of the time when I talk to people and I say, I'm so old and I'm 34, they say, if I could be 34 again, <laughs> oh, shut your the mouth. things I would do. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I feel that like John Fritching and I were just talking in the office this morning. And that's exactly what we were saying was, I said, I'm taking my daily vitamins, which was 800 milligrams of ibuprofen. And uh, he was like, oh man, yeah, we were out at a concert and I was popping ibuprofen and everything and thinking about that the other day. And I was like, bro, can you remember the times when we would have been headbanging, moshing, and going crazy at a concert, screaming and everything else, and go home without a headache, party yep. for the rest of the night, yep. and still wake up early the next morning? Now I've got a two-day Sleep recovery time. Sleep on a concrete floor <laughs> and not even wink, you know? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Not even care. Yeah, like, yeah. this is fine. Sleep in the backseat of the truck. Like, yeah. yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Now you sleep, like, wrong. You're hurting for four freaking days. 
Well, last or night. going camping, for example, yeah. you're sleeping on the ground, and suddenly uh-huh. you're like, you get up in the morning, and it's there was a rock. What, right? what yeah. am I sleeping on? <laughs> hey. Last night, I think I had my arm under me a little bit too much, and woke up with like a whole sore shoulder and everything. Oh, and I'm man, like, this yeah. is. It reminds me of that uh, movie that I think is also there's a TV show with the same name called This Is Forty. You know, like it reminds oh, me of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just waking up. I actually up to... watched that movie the other day, and I was rolling. <laughs> I, I saw it in my 20s. It was way funnier now. Oh, you know, yeah. Did you relate <laughs> to it? I keep telling people that some things get better with age, like a fine wine. Right? Some things. My wife just looks at me cross-eyed when I say that. Yeah. <laughs> so I said all of that to say that it does feel like forever ago that I was starting my first job, and to be fair, I was 12 years old. There was no HR handbook for that job. It was my dad's company. So it was get out there and do what the hell I say and I'll pay you if you're lucky. And he owned a flooring age or a flooring company. And in that flooring company, basically my job was to go out and, you know, if we wanted new floors here in this studio, somebody's got to come out and remove all this carpet, all oh, the yeah. tack strip, all the glue. And that was me. That's hard labor. Yes. 12 years old, uh, good back for at that point in time mm-hmm. and a lot of availability of energy to go out there and do that stuff. Sure. My dad, who was 48, 49, 50 at the time was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. That's your job now. So, (laughs) uh, it wasn't bad, man, 12 years old. And I was making, depending on how many jobs I had for the weekend, two to $400 a weekend. That's a lot of money to work two days. Yeah. Yeah, That's terrific. So my dad was super smart. This is why I wanted to tell the story today. My dad was extremely smart in a lot of ways that he raised us. And one was to have a strong work ethic. And that's why I thrive at companies like Beefy Marketing, where you have to be self-motivated. Right. And then that's why I'm an entrepreneur, because he just drove that home in me. And then one big thing that he always pushed was, when I pay you, you're going to get half of it in your pockets half of it in a savings account. Mm-hmm. The 50% I give you, you can spend however you want. No mm-hmm. questions asked. Right. I don't need to know what you're buying. Don't care what you're buying. You can buy whatever you want. The other 50% goes in a savings account and you're only going to get that back whenever it's time for you to do something like buy a car or you're 18, 21 years old. That's terrific. Something like That's that. That's a great strategy. The, the kicker was as soon as I was 16, I could buy a car with that money. Mm-hmm. And however much I saved in that savings account, he would match 100%. That is great. So if I saved two grand, I could buy a $4,000 car. That's a big kicker. So I was like, this is perfect. Yep. I'll, I'll do that all yep. day. So that's what I did. And often I, I would usually put a little bit more than half in the savings account. But of course, I was 12 years old. So I was like, yeah, let me get all the toys I want with this money I'm making. And uh, it was it was quite nice to have. And then, of course... Unfortunately, he passed away when I was, I think, 15 when he, tech, I was technically 15 when he passed. Oh, wow. So it wasn't very long after I'd started saving. So uh, I always joke, I've got gallows humor. So I'm like, he did that <laughs> just to get out of having to pay me that 100% match, you know, but. Oh, that's terrible. Uh, <laughs> it is, but you know, it's how you deal with the drama. And then, so I didn't get that until I was like 25 years old and it was just six, eight, 900 bucks, something like that. Cause I didn't have long. Um, cause you know, the work wasn't always every weekend, yeah. but at least every other weekend, I mean, I was probably pulling in a solid four to 800 a month as a 12 year old. But unfortunately at that time too, my mom was on full disability. So I was spending a lot of my money literally helping pay bills. Not so much my first job, but yeah. after that, when I started working at a place in Hockley called the oil ranch okay, and I was just, a Random minimum wage, five thirty-five an hour minimum wage employee doing labor. You know, mm-hmm. could be crawling up in the uh, front loader of a tractor to go up to the top of a pavilion and clean something or fix sure. it. Could be running horses through the barn to you know go take off all the saddles after the day was over or put every one of those saddles on so the kids can hop on it and ride. Like all kinds of hard work. That Sounds like doing. some great character building experience. It is. It makes me value an office job like I have I'll now. bet. I'll <laughs> bet it does. So, so I got a question for you then. Sure. That, that the savings principles that you learned when you were young, did that carry over into your adult, adult life when you're <sighs> knee deep in your career and you're still hopefully putting money away for retirement someday? When I first started my adult life, absolutely not. I was terrible with money, man. Yeah. I dug us a hole of debt. Well, I dug myself a hole of debt. It wasn't great, you know? And then, yeah. which I was with my now wife. I was with her at the time, but, you know, we were just girlfriend and boyfriend. We got together, got married, and both of us were just kind of like, 
that young mentality oh, of yeah. just spend, spend, spend. It doesn't matter. We're better now. That's great. Still not where I need to be, but you know, there's a lot of excuses out there. We got oh, three sure. kids sure. and we got a mortgage and all that stuff. So it's easy, but we're definitely prioritizing saving. Yeah. So it's getting better. Just for those who are listening, if, <laughs> if you're young and newly married, yep. get on a budget. I know that doesn't sound fresh and fancy, but trust me, it makes all the difference in the world. Eat your ramen noodles at 18 so that you can have steak when you're 30. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Definitely would have done a lot of things different, but yep. you know, that's that's life. So, But the reason we're here, uh, we're here to talk about you, man. Tell us about Brian Wallace. Tell us who you are, where you came from, and how you got into entrepreneurship. Sure. So, and once again, thanks so much for having me on. It's on. I really appreciate it. So let's see, I have been working in human resources now for about the last 31 years. And it's, it's been a great ride. You know, I've had an opportunity to experience just about every facet of HR that you can. And started this career back up in Southern Indiana, a small town called Evansville, and then moved down here as fast as I could in 2007. And I've been a Texan ever since. You know, I've had a lot of great experience in working in recruiting and compensation, employee relations, you know, some safety activity, and then a lot of experience in total rewards. Uh, total rewards, by the way, is a combination of compensation and benefits and how a company will position that as, as an attracting element for candidates and employees. So two years ago, I decided that I wanted to be able to make a bigger difference than simply going in and, you know, punching my clock at a, at a corporate position. I wanted to help small business owners in particular figure out a way to grow their business more effectively and establishing the right cultures that will move their employees to the next level, especially when they're interacting with their customers. You know, studies have shown that if a company gets their culture right and gets their engagement related activities set up properly, they can outperform their competition by a huge margin over time. So that's what I'm all about. And that's why I'm here. So what is the difference between, because I, I know one big objection that I would probably be most privy to in your industry would be, why do I need an HR guy? Why do I need to pay another company to do this when I can either A, I'll just handle it myself. I'm a pretty smart entrepreneur or B, I can just hire somebody in house. Like why would I want to come to another company to have you out and do that? Well, so many times the situation with bringing somebody on in house, oftentimes it's a, it's a business owner who looks to their wife or spouse and says, uh, Hey, I need some help in the office. Would you mind coming and taking care of this? And then suddenly that person is kind of knee deep in the HR type of activity. Or they may take somebody who's working in kind of an inside administrative role, and they may start just with a simple task list of things that they'd like to see done. And eventually that task list grows and grows and grows until suddenly that person becomes the quote unquote HR person. And that's great. And, and for some small businesses, that's that's what they need at the time and that's what they're getting by with. But honestly, piece of HR that is most important comes comes into play when you're talking about positioning employees to really engage with the company, engage with their customers more effectively, grow as far as their careers are concerned, and really begin moving the business forward, which is what the business owners are really after in the end. So the reason that somebody would come to me is perhaps if they don't want to hire an outside somebody from the outside to come in full time, if they just want a company like mine to come in and set up the strategies and teach them everything that they need to know on how to run those strategies effectively. And then uh, they can either have my help in managing things on a month to month basis, as I do with several other clients, or they can say, hey, I've got everything that I need. Thank you very much. And I'll continue to check on them periodically. But it's all at the level that they want to achieve. It's, it's about moving the business forward. And it's about positioning the company for growth. That's the, the whole purpose in all of this. And sometimes you, you may get lucky and you might find somebody who's a shining star, you know, kind of starting off in these quasi-HR positions. But it really benefits these small businesses to hire somebody who has some great experience and who's seen 
over the years, what works, what doesn't work, where are the pitfalls, how can I avoid the pitfalls? Uh, it's, it's just a matter of somebody taking you by the hand and saying, okay, here's where we're starting. Here's where you want to go. Now let's walk together and I can help you to, uh, to get there more effectively. I gotta Does imagine. that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And, and I got to imagine too, like, I know obviously every place is different. So what someone's going to pay, there's probably an HR director out there that would do oh, it yeah. for 35000 a year. And there's probably an HR director out there that demands 110000 115000 130000 a year as a director, you know, just because of the difference in what that employee wants. But I have to imagine that as a whole, probably by the time you add in, like you said, all the benefits and the pay, you know, people don't think about having to give someone medical benefits, retirement, and that's how expensive, like that's a, a way that I kind of pitch beefy marketing to people is I'm like, yeah, you can have a marketing director. You can hire, you know, a guy or a gal for marketing alone and and pay them to do the job. But at a minimum, you're probably going to spend 50, 60,000 in salary alone. Right. If you want a really good one, 80, 90, 100,000 or more, then you got to add in, you know, 10 to 15,000 for health benefits, 10 to 15,000 for your retirement and fringe benefits, all that stuff. And like, by the time you add in all this stuff, it gets expensive. So if you come to an agency where that's what we do, we're the professionals. And it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's similar in the way that you can be as involved as needed or as standoff as needed, just kind of you tailor it to what that company's needs are. That's absolutely correct. And not just what their needs are at the time, but where the business owner wants to take the business uh, over the next three to five years. And your your comparison between the two is is really pretty solid because you, know, you can go out and hire somebody that's a full-time HR specialist right. Right, or, or manager. But the benefit that I bring, just like you, is mm-hmm. that somebody can bring me in who's an experienced manager or director level employee, and they can pay less than what they would be paying even a an administrator, okay? Somebody who's just dealing with administrative functions. So there's a, a lot of background and experience that comes along with that. And one of the reasons that I chose this model is because I'm able to reach out and help a number of different people simultaneously. And that works out really well for everybody that's involved. That makes sense. I know we talked about this a little bit before the show too, but I can sense the excitement in your voice when you talk about HR being able to take companies where they want to go. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was full disclosure (laughs) with you before we got on the show. HR is like, for me, it's just something that typically bores me. You know, it's just something that I think about and I'm like, it's a necessity. Yeah. Like let's get it done. Let's have something from it, but it's not something I personally think about being exciting. And it's good that people like you do because it is a necessity, but what is it that excites you about HR that much? And what is it that just drives you to be able to change a company and have such an impact on a company just from an HR perspective? Well, John, first of all, the, the perspective that you have is pretty common that out there. And unfortunately, it's just because of what so many different people have experienced in their lives when they are working with an HR professional. You know, if they're an entry-level professional, it's just kind of compliance and administration, okay, a lot of the time. But what a lot of people fail to understand is that when you have somebody who is actively focused on doing everything that they can to position the employee base up alongside of the operational objectives and the long-term goals of the company. And there's a lot of energy dedicated to moving things in that direction and making sure that people are aligned with those operational objectives. That's where HR should be operating. And it's always a delicate balance or a dance, as I was talking about earlier today, because you have two major stakeholders in that equation. You've got the, the business as a whole, or the business owner oftentimes, but then you also have the employee base. And HR is oftentimes in a position where they have to dance between those two and really keep a keep a balance between the needs and desires of the employees with the needs and desires of the business owner. So it's easy to get pulled in one direction or the other. But if somebody in my role is really doing things effectively, they are going to keep the employee needs at heart, but they're also going to be doing everything they can to position that employee to be accomplishing the business objectives. And that's why I get excited about it because 
I mean, let's face it, running a small business today is not easy. And there are a lot of small business owners who just have their head and hands some of the time trying to figure out how am I going to get all of this done? How am I going to meet the demands that I have from multiple stakeholders coming in all at one time? And there's a lot of pressure involved. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about having to deal with employee issues or having to deal with employees, let's say, who may or may not be 100% engaged, that just adds to it. Okay, so if you've got somebody who's an advocate for you, who's basically helping to position those employees to not only accomplish the, the business objectives, but also accomplish their own personal objectives. And I'm sure you've worked in companies before or organizations where people may or may not be engaged. And <laughs> there are some situations where people are just going through the motions because it's a paycheck. And that is draining. It is extremely frustrating long-term for the employees. If you can figure out a way to then take those employees and position them up, up alongside of the values and the goals of that business and help them to accomplish it, that's where there's a lot of energy and a lot of uh, impact. And that's really what I want in this particular role is to help people to accomplish everything that they want to be able to accomplish in their lives. It's a, it's a very different perspective because I'm not going to lie even though, you know, you are not like the full-time HR person that's here in the office. Like, I don't, I don't see you as the one that's like, oh, HR is here. Got to be on the best behavior, <laughs> you know, because yep. you're, the you're paid place, by right? the company. So you're going to do what the, the company yeah. wants, essentially. Even if you were to say like, hey, this ain't a great idea, you know, to a degree. But even when you walk through the door, I was just laughing because here at Beefy, we had our handbook done, redone recently. Right. And you put everything together and send it out to be signed and all that stuff. And I was just reading over it to see everything that's in it, even though I'm just signing saying I got it. I still want to know what's in the handbook. And when you walked in today, I had my nice little Dos sitting on my desk and I just still kind of like slid it over to the (laughs) other side a little bit like... The HR handbook definitely said not to have any beer at work, but we drink at work, you know? So I know that we kind of started touching on how HR always seems like a CYA or like it's punitive or, you know, something like that. So it's, it's interesting to hear that from a different perspective of no, it also is there to build you and give you the tools you need in order to be an effective leader or be an effective, whatever it is you are, you know, an effective salesman, an effective people manager, if you're some type of, you know, director over certain departments or uh, whatever it is you do, that it helps build you up. That's a weird perspective for a lot of us who see HR as like, Oh, that joke's not HR compliant, you know? So, (laughs) well, it's a lonely position some of the time, but let me give you an example with beefy marketing. For example, as I'm working with Andrew, my interest is once again, seeing beefy marketing thrive as Mm -hmm. a business. And if I'm doing things the right way, then I'm going to make sure that everything that I'm doing is positioned to help you to do that. Okay. So it's not about being the fun police. It's about creating an environment, creating a culture where people can come in, they know what's expected of them. They know that there is a an opportunity to be able to grow the business because that's going to mean incredible things for the employees down the road also. So when you talk about a handbook, just as a simple example, it's all about making sure that people are clear on what the vision for the organization is, how it needs to be able to how it needs to be accomplished and how they need to operate within or as a member of that team to support each other and to keep everything moving the way that it needs to. My hope is that as we continue to work together, that a couple of years down the road or even sooner than that, you have a vibrant team that is really engaged and has an incredible culture as you've you've got right at the moment. And you're all 100% focused on doing whatever it takes to hit on the customer's expectations. You guys are phenomenal at just taking good care of a customer. Okay? And I believe that part of a leader's responsibility is to make sure that they're providing that same level of care to their employees as they are to their customer. Because if you're not, if you are not focused on taking good care of your customers, what are they going to do? find somebody else. Exactly. And that is exactly what we're finding right now 
you know, we've gone through the great resignation or the great reshuffle, as you have heard in the past. We also have something going on called the called quiet quitting, mm-hmm. where people My TikTok are, addiction has made me privy to that. Okay, <laughs> yeah. And the simple fact is that there are so many people out there right at the moment that are disengaged, if not actively disengaged, with what goes on at work. And it's hard for a business owner to really take that business to a whole other level if you've got an employee team who's not 100% behind it and actively working toward making that happen. So if we can drive the the right culture and create a better engagement level, then that gives the business a better opportunity to really thrive long term. So I guess really, it seems like the picture you're painting to me is it's a consistency thing. On the level of like when it's when it was just in the office, you know, of course, we have multiple employees outside the office as well. But mm-hmm. here in the office, when it was just John Fritching, John Kelly, Andrew and Kara, it was easy for Andrew to be in touch with the employees and know yes. like, hey, this is what's expected of you. It's easy for us to get that feedback. But as we grow, you know, we've got Desiree in the office now. And then we do have those remote employees that aren't a part of that sure. inner culture, if you will, even though they're still expected to be a part of the whole overall beefy culture, you still have Robin outside of the office and designers outside of the office and, you know, people who work from home or remote locations that are doing work for us. Right. And so I guess really it's an easy way to send a unified message that says, this is our culture. This is what we expect from you. So that, you know, one day when beefy has 10 different locations, you know, corporate headquarters and Mm -hmm. podcast studios and music studios and whatever else we want to build, it would still create that consistency where even though now we went from a team of 10 to 100, the message is the same. Absolutely. And when you're talking about your culture, that that is one of very few things that can differentiate you from your competition that is totally in your control. You can always compete on price and you can compete on location or, or product quality, that kind of thing. Okay, that's a given. And those are very important. But the thing that you can't easily replicate from one company to another is its culture. Mm-hmm. Okay. And smart business owners will actually be looking at that as a differentiator, something that's, that they can use to be able to outperform their competition. And unfortunately, if you, this is one of those things where if you just, rely on compliance and administration, you're never going to be able to experience that competitive differentiation that you're looking for. This is one of the reasons why studies have shown that companies that do this and do this well outperform their competition. Some studies say between 60 and 400% in net revenue over a period of 10 years. Okay, That's from Harvard and Forbes and, and several other leading publications. But it's all about whether or not you're going to put some effort into building the right culture and enabling your employees to do what they do best. You've also, we talked earlier today about just your experience in some organizations that have been less than engaging, let's say. Oh, yeah. You're going to spend virtually all of your waking hours at work. Wouldn't you want to come to a location where you're able to engage with a team that is also fired up about driving the business and doing what they can to to help. Yeah. I mean it it takes boredom and frustration and it replaces it with energy and engagement and enthusiasm. And you know, you you build relationships with these people. You're with them so many hours of the day. Why not be focused 100% on doing something together and and really helping the business to thrive? And that's yeah. what this is all about. Yeah. I mean, that's something that for me, it, it always equates to having fun at work. Like I know to a lot of people that probably sounds counterintuitive, but it's like, if, if I'm not having fun at work, then I don't want to be there. Right. I don't want to go there because why would I? Like right. you said, we spend, what is it? The studies say like 33% of your entire life has spent at work or something along those lines. Like it's, you spend a lot of your time at work. A lot more of your waking hours is a right. percentage. That's for sure. So it's like, I want it to be something I enjoy. Right. I don't want to go to work and be miserable. Right. You know, if I wanted to to be rich and go to work and be miserable, there are plenty of jobs that I could have signed up for, education I could have gone for and just been a miserable person at work. But 
got the work done, went home and then, you know, mm-hmm. made a bunch of money from it. But I would mm-hmm. rather struggle every single day to make sure that that next meal is coming. If I know that I'm going to be happy the whole time I'm doing it and having fun the whole time. Well, and if you're having fun, what does that do as far as your work ethic is concerned? You're going to do more. You know, I, I tell people that all the time from the leadership classes I've taken that it's like when you take care of your people, right? they will overperform any form of incentive you give them. Correct. It doesn't matter if you underpay them. If they feel valued, even beyond financially, then they're going to do more for you. That's absolutely right. And that's why it's so important for leaders today to be doing what they can to build an effective relationship with their employees and really making that connection. There's an old saying that people don't know how much you, or people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Okay. If you're a business owner and you can reach out and really connect with one of your employees and show that you're interested in their success, that person is likely to be willing to bend over backwards to help you to achieve what you want. Now, this is not to say that HR is about throwing parties all of the time yeah. or you know, or, or the birthday club. And those things are important from an employee relations standpoint. But the way I look at it, if I walk into the office and I see that you are the, the core things that you need to do, I may very well come up to you and say, John, how are things going, first of all? How are things on your plate? Are you getting everything that you accomplished that you need to? How can we work together to position you to be even more effective and more engaged with what's going on? And do you see your future in the business? And how can I help you to get there? And by the way, here are a few things that are going on within the business as a whole that you need to know about to position yourself to better support you know, those, those core activities. Mm-hmm. And Andrew and I, I guess this is one other thing that's important to realize is that if an HR person is doing what they need to, they're also going to understand quite a bit about the business itself. So the other day when Andrew and I were going through the final revisions on the handbook, we're talking about not only HR activity, but we're talking about where he wants to take the business and some of the projects that you guys have going on. Sure. And there are some really exciting things that you guys have coming down the pipe. It's amazing. And I'm I'm thrilled for you guys because I think your listeners, folks, if you're not using beefy marketing, you need to look seriously at it because their, their activity and the things that they have coming down the pipe are really pretty exciting. And I swear I didn't tell them to say that at all. <laughs> I did not tell them to say that. But no, I mean, obviously- I want to be an advocate for you because I believe in what you're doing. I'm biased because I work here, but that's why I show up to work here. Sure. Because I know, A, Andrew cares. Absolutely, And and that was not only about us, but about the customers. Because that was one thing before I ever came here to sell a product. I was like, I don't sell products that I don't stand behind. So I'm not going to sign up to sell a website if you make crappy websites. I need to see- what kind of work you're doing and trust that's that, integrity. You know, you're doing good work because I'm out here preaching your message. So if I'm out here telling these people, Hey, we're the best things in sliced bread for marketing. And then we deliver a subpar product. That's a problem. Right. And that's integrity. Me. Right. And that's, that's valuable. You know, we talked when I first came in today about one of your values in particular or the culture in particular. And, yeah. and what is that one cultural element? It's give the give a, a shit factor. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Which is, that's what is cool about the handbook is that that, you know, something I told you when you walked in, I was like, hey, I don't, I don't just totally devalue HR and handbooks and whatnot because I like that that's in there because it's a selling point for us. Like mm-hmm. not only is that just something Andrew says, but that is something that Andrew wrote down and a guest we had on recently, he always says that if it's not written down, then it's not your goal. That's it's not right. truth, right? And so it's the same thing of like, it is now written down in policy that John Kelly, John Fritching, Robin Hubbard, we all have to give a shit. Right. That's a rule for us. Right. There's a lot of thought that went into that handbook and a lot of intentionality because Andrew knows where he wants to take the business and he has a great vision for what you guys are going to be able to accomplish long-term. So the idea of the handbook, just as an example, and there's so much more that we do in HR besides putting handbooks together. Let me be really clear on that. Okay. But just when it comes to this particular example, there's a lot of thought in how it was put together because it needs to connect with you. It needs to position you to be doing everything that you can to to drive the the activity that's going on. And um, it represents the style and the culture of who Beefy Marketing is. 
And it's designed to help you collectively understand where, you know, where the boundaries and limitations are, but also to understand what the desire is to, that makes you different Mm -hmm. and how you want to present yourself to, to the community. That's why so many companies start with a handbook because it's kind of a, a playbook in how, how you get things done. Right. I guess one way to look at it is like a sports team. Okay. If you've got a football team, those individual players are going to know their plays inside now. Right. Okay. It's the same basic concept. You have a coach who wants to be able to convey the, the plays for the group. And the handbook is just a means of making sure everybody's on the same page with how those things are to be done. But it, HR just starts there is what it boils down to. There are so many other facets that, that go into it that uh, jump off from that point. So what actual products then do you, I guess, sell in a way or, or services do yeah, you it's provide? More services. Yeah. What, what is it besides, you know, handbooks and, and stuff like that? Are you able to quantify that? Well, the first thing that I'll do is sit down with a business owner and okay. we will define exactly where they want to go uh, because everything has to be built around that. Yeah, of course, I can pull a handbook off the shelf and, and call it good, but that's not doing the business owner any real favors. So it starts there by understanding where the business wants to go. And we can do policies and procedures. We can do performance management plans. I can put together compensation and benefits uh, structures. I can connect you with HRIS technology to give you a platform where employees can both communicate and they can monitor their time and their employee records and all of that kind of thing. The only thing within HR that I choose not to address specifically is payroll. And that's because you can find a bookkeeper to do payroll sure. without much problem. I want to focus on the things that are going to give the business owner traction and to really help the business grow as effectively as possible. So in addition to that, there's quite a bit of training and development uh, work that I can do. And then I'm also something I'm really excited about coming up here in the next month or so. I'm going to start launching a series of mastermind courses or programs uh, for small business owners specifically, where they can come in and they can learn basically everything that they need to know about how to create the right type of people practices in their organization that are going to take them to that next level. And we'll go through hands-on activities and exercises to teach them what they need to know from a leadership standpoint, how to engage the second level of leadership, which is often the the real connection between the employees and the company. And this is where, where companies oftentimes fall flat is at that second level of leadership. So making sure that that owner understands how to engage the leaders to do the right things. But then we'll talk about the establishing the right culture. We'll talk about, of course, administration and compliance, because you have to at least think about that. But we'll talk about employee engagement and how to drive it. And the whole idea is we'll take a series of eight two-hour sessions that'll be done virtually. And then I'll bring everybody together for a two-day intensive where we'll dive in specifically to their leadership styles. And we'll, there'll be a lot of cross-teaching where participants teach each other because that's the, one of the best parts of a learning process is to, you know, they say, if you really want to learn something, yeah. teach it to somebody else, right? So we'll do a little bit of that. And then at the end, we're creating a, a, an actual strategy that they can take back to their businesses and that they can really implement these things and stay focused on on driving those activities on a go-forward basis. Yeah, that's one thing I don't think I mentioned when we started talking about the benefits of good leadership and a good sense of direction, empowering your employees and all that stuff. Like, It's true. They're going to be more engaged. They're going to do better. They're going to be better employees. Like right. I said, even if you do undervalue them in certain areas you may not be able to afford to pay that employee what they're worth. You may think they're worth it and you may wish you could, and you're hoping you can get there one day, but right now you can't. Right. But because you show so much appreciation and you lead them so well and equip them so well in other areas, they're willing to overlook that. But even more importantly, when you do pay somebody well, lead them well, give them the tools they need, make them happy at work. They're also better for your customers. Absolutely true. Because the worst thing I can ever think of as a small business owner is putting an employee in front of a customer that is disgruntled, unhappy, or not truly in love with their job. That's right. And that's where all of the difference is made. Yeah. 
So that was just something I thought about with this leadership class. So how well do you think personally here, a little personal question, how well do you think that class will translate to someone outside of the true standard business, you know, group as far as like public safety officers, you know, someone who, uh, you know, maybe a firefighter, maybe a lieutenant at their department. Like, do you think that this leadership masterminds class would be beneficial to someone who's still leading people, just not in a traditional business sense? Yeah, I think in those type of situations, we'll we'll actually get the the team together within that organization and, and focus specifically on them. When it comes to small business owners, one of the things that's really important about this, I want to be sure that there is a level of of accountability and a level of relationship that they can build with each other. Yeah. So when we talk about these virtual sessions and things along those lines as part of the normal program, that's going to be limited to the business owner. Okay. Fair enough. But, and you understand the reason for that because of that confidentiality and the accountability and the that level of relationship, because let's face it, there are a lot of times where a business owner, it's difficult for them to connect to other people at the same level. That's not saying that people aren't willing, but there are some things that you can or can't share, or sometimes where just a single thing that you say might lead a team in a different direction and you have to be careful. I want to create a situation where people can come in and let their hair down a little bit for everybody who has yeah, a bit of hair. I'm not able to let my <laughs> hair down so much. It just But know. I want them to be able to come in and, and really learn from each other. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to be able to create some level of, of sharing, okay, of, of information. Not to say that they will share strategic secrets or things along those lines. Right. But, but just, you know, what's a day in the life like for, for you as an individual business owner? People right. who are not at that business owner level I will work with uh, putting those programs together specifically for that team, and then we'll we'll launch it and run it. And I think it's going to be highly effective there as well. Regardless of whether that person is at a business owner level or not, the elements of that program are still going to apply. That's what I think at all levels. Yeah, right? you know, I, I'll just reiterate this one more time. So often the place where employees will begin to experience difficulty in an organization is with their immediate supervisor or manager. And there's an old saying, people don't leave jobs, they leave bad bosses. Okay. man. So it is really important for that business owner to make sure that that second line is 100% engaged with their culture and understands why it is such a critical element in their competitive competitive placement against against the others in the industry. Yeah, leadership is surprisingly as as much leadership as is, is involved in HR as there is. I guess I probably am a little more excited about HR than I thought before going into this conversation. Well, that's good to hear. One thing I nerd about, <laughs> I nerd out about all the time is leadership stuff. And yep. it's because the business degree program that I'm in, you know, there was a three-part series of leadership courses that I had to take probably for the same reason that you're offering this course, you know, outside of a college to business owners, because as business owners, we have to be good leaders. That's just the way it is. In addition to as a firefighter, there's been a lot of training I've taken, like, you know, officer one and uh, EMS instructor, all of these Mm -hmm. things that kind of prep you to be a leader. So it's something I've had a lot of training in. So it just kind of makes me nerd out a little bit. And I, I truly enjoy the good leadership principles of everything, you know, business, yeah. just leading people is interesting to me. Yeah. So that's definitely, it's funny to hear how much leadership is involved in HR. Well, yeah, for sure. And in your particular situation, leadership is especially critical because you're oftentimes dealing with life or death situations. And you need to know that the people that are reporting to you as a leader fully understand where you're coming from and that and there needs to be that relationship between you as a team and it needs to be highly effective because when it comes to fighting a fire you don't need people going off in multiple different directions you need to know yeah. that they are 100% backing you up and that they are going to follow the instructions now if you're a business that does not have to deal with life and death situations that's where it requires a little bit of sales periodically with employees and you know to make sure that everybody is engaged and and focused on the long-term objective um, because if they're not 
they're likely to begin looking elsewhere. And that's, that's a real struggle for a lot of business owners. Yeah. I would say too, like when it comes to leadership, that's the, the big thing that I've always learned has been at the very top, you know, so whether we're talking cause business and, and fire and police and all that stuff, they still have very similar. Sure they do. Like, even if you look at our, our government, you know, the president is the CEO, the leader. And so when you start going down those levels, like some of it does translate into business pretty well. A lot of and it the does. biggest thing that I kind of learned was that the chief or the CEO or the owner or whomever you want to call in that position, whatever you want to call them, that person is flying at a very macro level and is looking at the business as a whole and doesn't need to be what we always say down in the weeds. Right. You know, so it's the same thing for me, even though I've only got a driver and a firefighter or two that are working with me. I don't have time, even though I'm not way up macro from the fire chief's level looking down, I'm just a little bit higher than that. And it's like, they don't always have that time to give you every step-by-step direction. That's right. And now I see where HR kind of does that similar to a paramedics protocol book. Here's the general guideline. Here's what you need to know. Here are your tools. And it's up to you to know the expectations of your boss and it's up to your boss to give you those expectations clearly so that you can operate kind of not on your own because there's guidance there yeah but i can't step off a fire truck and be like okay now i need you to grab this do this job complete this task get this done because as soon as we get off the fire truck i have my tasks i have to complete right so we have to train in such a manner that my firefighter knows and my driver knows okay as soon as we get off the truck, Lieutenant Kelly's running around the house doing a 360 degree look at everything that's going on. He's reporting back to the alpha side, the front door, getting ready to go interior. And by that time, as a driver, I need to have water in the hose. And as a fireman, I need to make sure that I've looked, checked that line, have all the tools ready, check the door, and we're ready to make entry. Right. And like I need all of that to happen without me having to say step by step by step. And then the same way, the chief needs to believe that I'm equipped and knowledgeable enough that I can make all that stuff happen without him being down there at my level, watching my fireman. He's got to have that trust in me. And I can so equate that to Andrew of Andrew wants me to know the core values, wants me to abide by them, say the things I need to say. But at the same time, he's got CEO stuff to do. He can't be there to guide me every step of the way and make sure, oh, yeah, I, I know, you know, John Kelly's doing a good job for our client because I'm holding his hand every single day, talking to the clients with him. He just has to trust that it's happening. And what better way to do that than by being set up by the HR team to know that those expectations were delivered? Right. And part of it is, of course, dealing with the um, with the values. Really, there are a couple of different things that will shape how an employee performs. Okay. There's there's capability and training. Of course, that's the skill set or the competency level of the individual. But the values are going to help the employee understand this is how I need to carry out my responsibility. Okay. These are the are the things that are going to be rewarded and and recognized versus the things that are going to be punished. Okay, that's all part of the values and how you want to present yourself to the the outside community. And so it, it's a combination of making sure that people understand what those procedures and processes are, but also how they need to use them in carrying out the day-to-day activities of making a business run. And to your point earlier, as a business grows, or as this business grows even, you're going to find that the challenge that Andrew is going to face, and I'll tell you this in advance, is that the more people that come on board, the less time he's going to have to be able to connect with each individual person. Uh, Especially when a business gets up to about 20 employees, that task becomes really, really complex. Because if you think about each different uh, person around a wheel and you have the spokes between each and every different person, you know, it's one thing to have four people in a room and you've got four different connection points, okay, or probably more than that, actually, six different connection points. But if you get up into 20 people in a room, then you have a a huge complex number in trying to make sure that everybody is on the same page and doing the things that are going to propel the business forward. Mm -hmm. And that's so that's a trick that a lot of the business owners face right at the moment is how do I make sure that all of this is disseminated and operating properly while still enabling me to 
step out once in a while and be able to think strategically instead of being down in the weeds like you were talking about earlier. Okay. They can't do it. It's physically impossible for them to be in the weeds all the time, but still operating a sufficient amount of time up at a strategic level. So big part of HR is just making sure that they're, that, that vision for what needs to be accomplished and the know-how on how to do it and the skills and capabilities and the values are there to be able to allow that business owner to really function at the level that they need to instead of being pulled down into the weeds with everything. I had no idea that HR could be so complex you, and involved. But I mean, now do you see why it's fun, why it's fun to do this? Because I can't say that I just, agree with fun yet. Oh, okay. But you know what? You know what? <laughs> I, I, I can't say, on you. I can say I agree with, I can see the bigger picture. The necessity, especially like it, it does. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, you truly opened my eyes to how much HR does above and beyond that. I mean, like you said, I would say I see the punitive side of HR handbooks as more of there are people in the world that you can hire and give a great salary, great benefits, excellent work environment, all the knowledge and skills that they need to complete their job. But the third piece to knowledge, skills, Attitude. attitude and you can't give them an attitude so it's not something that can be taught it's something that can be corrected but you can't teach someone to have a good attitude so they may need at first even i would say not a punitive side but a corrective side well it's a and then eventually it may turn into that you know because some people just aren't a good fit yeah it's a, a communication job. of what the standards are yeah uh, that they're abiding by and and that's something that that there needs to be clarity on is what are those boundaries. But one of the top things that I would recommend any business owner to focus on is make darn sure that your interviewing selection process is solid. That when you're looking to bring somebody else on into your business, you are very clear on making sure that on all of the elements that will enable you to be sure that person is going to be really successful in your business. Because if you miss it at the at the uh, new hire stage mm -hmm. or at the interview stage, you're going to be fighting that issue for possibly years. Okay. So it makes all the sense in the world to take your time to really make sure that your interview practices are solid so that you can make the right choice from the very beginning and then start from there. Yeah. I was looking at your website earlier. I, I just pulled it up right now, but I guess this looks like kind of a blog section that you have. And that was something that made me think about it was interviewing smart. Uh -huh. So it looks like, Maybe even if I'm not a paying client, you're still a good resource to go to, check out your website yeah. and see what type of blog posts you have out there. And you're educating people on podcasts like this, on um, your blogs, your website, all of that. Even even when you're not a paying client, you can still get some knowledge from Mr. Wall. You know what? I've always said that if I guess I like Zig Ziglar uh, and some of his speeches, if you will. But he always said that if you help enough people get what they want, you can get everything that you want. And that's the way I position my approach with people and uh, and the business as a whole. So if I can help them to take another step, then someday I'm going to look back on that and I'm going to find that that was helpful. Heck yeah. All right. Well, hrstrategiesnow.com. That's right. Absolutely. That's your website. Yep. I mean, I see on here, you know, there's a nice big start here button and some great web agency. Just <laughs> Gee, who could put that this be? beautiful website together. So how is the best way to get in touch with you? Go here and get that complimentary consultation. Yeah, I would be more than happy to sit down and talk with somebody uh, either face to face or via phone call or Zoom. I'll sit down and I'll talk with you for anywhere from half an hour to an hour, just simply to understand what you want to be able to accomplish and give you some general guidelines or, or direction on how to begin moving forward. If you want to engage me in, in those activities, that's fantastic. I'm more than happy to help. But other than that, I'd love just a chance to sit down and talk with you for a little bit and find out you know what, what your goals and dreams and aspirations are and see how I can help you. Okay. Now I know that there has to be like 1.3 billion people out there looking for a good HR company to follow on social media. So are you on social media or is that I am something? on social media. Okay. Yep. All right. And here in the near future, there's a, there's a Facebook group that I'm creating and it's called Catalyst for Growth and it's Catalyst, C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T, mm -hmm. and then the number four and then growth. 
And uh, the whole idea is to get away from these um, Facebook groups that are all about just spam messages and advertisements uh, and that yeah. kind of thing, and really uh, create a place where people can talk about what's really going on in business and how they can uh, take care of HR more effectively. Yeah. So I'm excited about that, uh, that group and where it's going to lead. Okay. So to stay in touch with stuff like that, what is your... Uh, handle or username or, you know, tag? What, what do I need to type in for Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're at? Well, you know, you can just go in and do a search in Facebook on HR Strategies Now. Okay. And it's going to take you to to the different links. Uh, but once again, it's Catalyst for Growth, number four growth. And I'm just beginning to put that content together. But I'd love to have other business owners out there who really want to dive in and to both contribute and learn from the other people that are going to be in place. No, it makes Perfect sense. Anything else you want us to say about supporting you, your business, what you're doing? I feel like it was a lot better of a podcast than I thought it was going to be for <laughs> sure. Uh, nothing against you. Cause you're a great guy. We've met before. I always enjoy our conversations, but um, when someone comes in and says, Hey, let's talk HR on your podcast for a little while. I'm like, man, it's going to be a 25 minute episode and we're going to be done. And here we are over 50 minutes. I don't even know. We may be close to an hour at this point absolutely killing it with some excellent information. So unless there's something else you want to get out there, man, I, I love to, I want our, our people to support you. Well, you I, know, I, really I think you've that. got some great info on your website and some, I'm sure you have some great info on your social media pages that can help business owners and how. Yeah, yeah. And please visit the blog because there, there's a lot of good information and I'm always adding to it. Also, if you're not a small business owner, but you know somebody who is, who might be looking for some some good HR strategies and support, give me a call or, or reach out and I'll be happy to, to talk with you. But let me just give a last plug here, guys. Coming as somebody from the outside and working with Beefy Marketing, you guys are really doing a phenomenal job and I, I appreciate the effort and the energy that you're putting into it. I think you're making a good difference with a lot of people out there. Like you, man, we're just interested in getting the story out there of small businesses that are making a difference and, and are making an impact on this world. So companies like you, they mean the world to us. Uh, it has nothing to do with being a customer or a client. Yeah. Like we just want to make sure that we're supporting any business out there. I mean, I would say probably a good solid, just guessing 75 to 80% of the businesses that have been on here are not clients at all, mm. you okay. know, and some of them will never be. Oh, that's fine. Luckily, some of them have become clients, but uh, it's all about just spreading the word of small businesses that are amazing. Yeah. So, and you guys are venturing into some new services as well. I mean, dealing with yeah, the print, we're definitely with trying the print to business and improve fulfillment and, and everything in. like that. Yeah, that's incredible. Absolutely. Now it's on the website, so I assume I can share your phone number and your email. Sure. So again, hrstrategiesnow.com. If you click contact us on the page. 281-853-4069. I'm That's assuming right. we can just call and get set up for an appointment that way if we need to. Mm -hmm. But I would assume you probably want to be either emailed or go through the contact us page. Yeah. If you go through the contact us page, it's it's great. I'll send you a count, Calendly link, yep. if I can say that word. And that way you can simply choose the, the time that's going to be best for you. Right. Um, because I want to be flexible with people and I look forward to the opportunity to talk with you. Yeah. It's definitely, people don't realize when you email or send that contact us form, I do the same thing. I've got a nice little booking link and it's just so much easier because you don't have to say, Hey, Brian, are you available on this day? Can you do it this day? What about this time? Can I schedule it? It's just- yeah, I've got three different windows and, open. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's like, you just pull it up and there's my calendar. But if they need to get in touch with you, Brian, B-R-I-A-N at hrstrategiesnow.com. That's right. I think we have listed every way to get a hold of you and uh, everything about the business. Like I said, great conversation. Thank you Thanks, so Sean. much I really for being appreciate part of the show us. today. Having me. Absolutely enjoyable. And listeners, thank you, as always, for tuning in to another episode of the Beef Podcast. It's small businesses like this that mean the most to Beefy Marketing, to Andrew, to me, to John Fritching, everyone on our team, everyone here. That's all we ever want to do is just provide an outlet for listeners like you to hear about companies that maybe you need or maybe you have friends that need. So please send those referrals his way. Hop on social media. Give him a follow. If you need him, check him out. HR doesn't always have to be boring. I think we proved Absolutely. that on this show. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the support as always. And uh, man, this is one of the last episodes of the Beef Podcast. We've got a whole new podcast coming up soon. Better things so. are ahead.
Yeah. Get ready to uh, hear all about that and the launch of that. But until then, that was another episode of the Beef Podcast. Another Thursday for us when we release every single week. But could be any time that you're listening right now, anywhere you get your podcast. So give us a like or a follow. Helps us help small businesses just like this one. And until the next one, stay beefy, my friends. You've been listening to The Beef. Thanks for listening. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information that you can use. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, follow us on social media. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Beefy Marketing. Would you like your business featured on The Beef? Know a business that should be featured? Visit beefymarketing.com slash the beef. Remember, branding is about a connection with you and your people. Till next time, thanks for listening to The Beef.